This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, Relationship Theory listeners? This is Tom. And this is Lisa. And we want to share with you guys about our awesome friends at Thrive Market. Thrive Market is a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. And these guys are the largest retailers in the country that sell exclusively non-GMO groceries. And you guys know with what Lisa has gone through, we're super psychotic about making sure that we know where food is coming from, that it's non-GMO, and all of that good stuff. And you can shop for thousands of best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. You guys can get everything you need. Non-GMO foods, snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, home goods, organic baby food, kids products, and much, much more. And it's all shipped straight to your door. And here's what makes them amazing. 70% of Thrive Market's catalog can't be found anywhere else online, even on Amazon. Wow, even on Amazon? Even on Amazon. So check out Thrive Market today. Visit thrivemarket.com forward slash relationship to get 25% off your first order and a 30-day free trial. And guys, remember, Thrive Market's price is already 50% off. So that's a discount and free trial on top of the reduced prices. So head to Thrive Market today. Visit thrivemarket.com forward slash relationship and get 25% off your first order and a free 30-day trial. (laughs) Remember, guys, Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off So that's a discount and a free trial on top of the already insanely reduced prices. Incredible. So enjoy. And be legendary. Be legendary. What is up, Impactivists? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Now I want to take a moment to share with you about another amazing show. I'm super proud of this one. It is called Health Theory. Health Theory is a bi-weekly interview show hosted by me. Each episode offers tactical steps that you can use to hopefully live forever. You guys know my goal, and I'm actually not at all joking about that. And I'm trying to really bring on amazing guests that are going to help us all thrive right now today and hopefully extend our lives. To reach the outer limits of your potential, you have to train not just your mind, but also your body. And this show is going to help you tackle the body side of the equation. I cover a ton of questions and topics, including fitness industry myths, ideal diets, expanding human lifespan, avoiding illness, and much, much more. Just search for Health Theory on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like listening to your podcast, and be sure to hit subscribe. All right, guys, check out an episode today. See what is going on with the show. I think it's amazing. I think it will literally change your life. So get over there right now. Subscribe. All right, guys. Enjoy and be legendary. 
everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I'm here with my beloved wife, Lisa, and we're about to rock your world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's do kick off, or let's kick off with iTunes review of the week. Oh, this is from Shannon. Shenanayandries. Oh God! I'm what sorry, I love is that you didn't practice that beforehand. That's amazing. Because you were rushing me, that you were on a tight <laughs> you time said, schedule. You said I'm ready when you're ready. You were such a tight. See, this is. <laughs> this so is basically, up. is lying going to become like a habit in our marriage? I do want the record to reflect <laughs> that she said, "I'm ready when you're ready." Oh dear, but it's which kind apparently of fun. is code for "Don't rush it's me." It's kind of fun to um, figure out these names as I read them. Oh God, it's Shenanandries. Sure. All right. That sounds like an intense name. I have been listening to this podcast for well over a year now, and hands down, it has been the biggest impact on my life. My mindset, habits, and life have shifted in ways I never thought possible. From the amazing guests, health theory, and my ultimate favorite relationship theory, I've learned to communicate effectively with those around me and continuously strive to be the best version of myself. Can't rave about this podcast enough and excited to see what else is on the horizon. I'm sad to lose her as a listener now that we can't say her name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Shen I'm just going to abbreviate nice. it for that lovely review and guys um, that is our, what our ask this year is to really try and grow our podcast as much as we possibly can so our ratings and our reviews are definitely something that is priority for us right. so if we are bringing you value and you do like um, this podcast and the rest of our podcast please please do subscribe um, and tell your friends about it if yeah. you think we can be value review. to them rate and review exactly all right. Um, and oh, also one more thing. If you guys do want us to answer any questions, we will happily do it anonymous. Just mention that you don't want to be named. And please email um, questions to connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. Word. Go. Got it all. All right. Now let's kick it off. All right. First question. This is from Alina Pedraza. My man and I love your show and listen to all the content you provide, not just relationship theory, and we have really awesome in-depth conversations about it. One of our recent conversations was about human attraction. One of us believes it's primal because we are hardwired for reproduction and sex, while the other one believes attraction is more conscious and chosen, and that ultimately we consciously choose who we are attracted to based on our emotional needs, and it's not strictly primal. How do you guys think about attraction? Would love your input. What I love is that she didn't say who was who. Yeah, I oh. certainly have my guesses. I do too, but I'm actually, it's really interesting. Okay, mm. great freaking question and go. Yeah, so I think that it's a bit of column A and a bit of column B. So there's some really fascinating um, research on this topic. Um, Sex at Dawn is a pretty interesting book. Um, that's the only one I can remember off the top of my head. But there, there's some pretty, pretty interesting and compelling um, research. Oh, God, if we really want to get crazy, like the studies on um, huh, the studies on like You're shy right now. I, it's you? not shy. It, it is entirely that I have employees that listen to this show. And so there's definitely stuff where I'm like. I would talk about this without hesitation in my, just like my normal life. Anyway, so without wasting the listener's time, um, there's really interesting studies about sexual arousal where they've um, uh, like measured the um, 
oh God, I can't remember if it's, I think it's blood flow to the vagina, blood flow to the penis while they show different sexual images. Um, and there's like men definitely mm. have, and there's, there's been some pushback on this recently. So take some of this research with a grain of salt where people are saying that the device that they use to measure blood flow to the vagina may not be like entirely accurate, but it's, it's really fascinating even if it's only directionally correct. And basically it's like men have one, like if they're straight, they only respond to straight images. If they're gay, they only respond to gay images. Where women have a much more flexible sexual response, which is utterly fascinating. Um, In pop culture, and that's as far as I will take it, in pop culture, you see massive references. In fact, the new song, I don't know if you noticed the lyric, um, Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. One of the Thank You Next exes is a woman. And it's really fascinating to me, certainly, that there's cultural acceptance around women being attracted to men, to women, that is more about the person than it is about um, just the, the, you know, sort of raw, pre-programmed sexual response. Um, also, I will say, you were about to say something. I was going to say, um, it wasn't part of that study as well that women also just responded to like watching two men together. Yeah, they just, it's like, like it's they respond to general, sex, basically. Yeah, they yeah. responded to like chimpanzees having right. sex. And so obviously that does not mean that they're attracted to that. Let's be abundantly clear. Sure. I don't, nobody is saying that, not even the people in the study, but it, it was fascinating to see that there was much more rigidity on the male side than there was on the female side in terms of blood flow. I want to be abundantly clear about what they were actually measuring. So that is interesting. I'll let people draw their own inferences, but now to how, you know, is pop culture revealing something that is innate or is it just that we're like there becomes this momentum and it shapes people's behavior um, rather than the other way around? I, I won't even postulate on that. But I do think that, that it's interesting that there are sort of multiple data points that um, seem to suggest that there is a higher degree of flexibility with women in terms of and I'll give one more data point to this um, which is if you look at what men are attracted to as they age, when men are young, they're attracted to a 22-year-old. When they're 22, they're attracted to a 22-year-old. When they're 40, they're attracted to a 22-year-old. It's hilarious to see the graph. It is like no matter what age the man is, 22 is what they find attractive. Women, on the other hand, there's like a four-year span on either side of their Mm. age. And so it moves. So when they're 22, it's like they find 18 to 24 attractive. Right. And it just moves up. So when they're 40, they find somebody who's 42 to 38 or whatever the exact window is. But it's like it slides with them, which tells you, obviously, that what they're attracted to shifts as they age. Um, But with men, it doesn't. So I think that there's probably, well, I'll say that from my perspective, a thousand percent, there's a certain element that I consider absolutely manipulatable in my own life, a hundred percent for sure. And I've talked about on this show many times that the the scenario I play in my head is that you get horrifically burned. And I find a way to emotionally invest in that and to actually be like just as drawn to you as ever. And for sure, some of that is just empathy playing a part. Some of that is like value system. I value making you feel amazing. And so being able to fall in love with that and find a way to connect with it is something that I would value in myself to find a way to do. But I won't even ask people to buy into that because I've never done it, so I can't swear that Mm -hmm. I would be successful at it. But the thing that I can say is that I'm more attracted to you now than when you were 22. Mm. So, but clearly your 
about to turn 40. So the thing about if left to my own devices, the studies would suggest that I would find you at 22, that would be the thing that I would find most attractive. But because I've spent so much time investing in our relationship on an emotional standpoint and then very intentionally conflating that with sexual arousal, that I've continued to just find you insanely attractive. But that is definitely something that I think about. It's something that I invest in. It's something that I intentionally, intellectually, and emotionally put together in my mind to say, like, for instance, your hair to me is a representation of you stepping into yourself and being confident and feeling your power and really like owning who you are and not being afraid to take risks and all that stuff. So when I look at your hair, I am putting that in my mind. I'm saying, fuck, that's so hot. Like actually saying things like that and being like, it's hot not only because it's a cool and edgy hairstyle, but it's hot because of who you're becoming. And that I value that, and this is why I'm obsessed with this notion of what you value is I guarantee malleable, and that as you invest in what you find, um, what you decide to value, that it will have knock-on effects that over enough time begin to register on a limbic level. So it's a, a literal neurochemical emotional response. So in the beginning, and the easy way for me to explain this to people is the reverse. Like you know that something can go from amazing to being a, um, a limbic emotional stress response. So like for instance, you have a you like to hang out in the bedroom, right? You don't like to do work in the bedroom because you know wherever you work over time, you're gonna begin to associate that with work on like a deep emotional level. So there's nothing that you can do to separate it. Just say, oh, I'm not working now, so I can still hang out in the areas that I work. Like you would never, we happen to be filming, you know, whatever, 20 feet from where you work. So you would never just come down here to hang out because this is like a workspace for you. Mm -hmm. So I think people can logically understand that, how something can go from completely neutral or even positive to very negative. And all I'm saying is the reverse is equally true. Mm -hmm. Something that is neutral or even negative through values, through emotional investment, through positive interaction can become something that's wildly positive. So I definitely think that Mm -hmm. there's if people take conscious control of it, there is a certain amount. Now, I will say that I think that there are just some things that are hardwired, that there are things that you're going to find attractive, period. I do not think that we are born blank slates. I think that we very much have hardcore um, predilections. I think that- Read the female brain? Read the female brain, for sure. And then, and part of the reason that I always talk about this is I, I cannot speak definitively but I will say that it's like I have not had to convince myself to be attracted to women. I don't think that it was something that was just imprinted on me as a kid. Like I really feel like it feels my experiences that I came hardwired with that. So I'm going to postulate based on my own experience that the same thing is true for people that are attracted to the same sex. But we both know people that are that self-identify as bisexual and i don't think that they're lying on either side of the equation so people that have been married to the opposite sex had children love that life then the marriage dissolves for reasons that have nothing to do with their sexual attraction and then their next relationship is is with a partner of the same sex and knowing them and seeing their relationships, they both feel completely authentic to me. And in some cases, they were as shocked as anybody. You can be open, by the way. Okay. I've already asked so, her and she said she's, she's good with it. Wonderful. That. Your mother was married to your father and 
as far as I can tell, that was a 100% legitimate relationship that yes. she was way into both sexually and emotionally. And then when she, when they divorced, her next part, well, I don't know if it was her next partner, but ultimately the next person that she was in a long-term relationship with was with a woman. And she was like, I was as surprised as anybody. And she listens to the show and I just... If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all US e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. I just want to say she's like the baddest ass chick I've ever met in my life. I'm having her on Women of Impact. She's You're amazing. You're talking about her wife. About Anya. Yeah. Yeah. So, because your mom is also equally fucking amazing. But seeing them, like, is just proof positive to me that, one, there is a degree of surprise, certainly, and flexibility. Um, Anyway, I'm going to put a point on that because I... I, But one thing that's really interesting is I've heard them talk, my mom and her wife, um, and it's really fun because they're both bisexual. So, it's really funny to hear them drool over a guy together. Like, it is amazing and beautiful and like that's a level of connection that i wish other people can have right and that's kind of going to when me and you first met on our very first date like i'd been in a relationship before where if i even 
glanced at a guy walking by me, it was three hours of arguments. Why are you looking at him? What the fuck? Like, so I, when I went on the first date with you, I was very much of the, like, you don't look at other men. You like focus, like do not, you know, if you find one guy attractive, then that means everything else, like other guys, you can't even look at them. And I remember on our first date, you were like, that's ridiculous. You're like, of course you're going to find other men attractive. Of course I'm going to find other women attractive. Even when we're married, you know, not when we're married, but even like when people get married and they're in their 80s. Like to think that that part of them switches off is crazy and it sets people up for failure. And I remember the, how much that hit me on our first day and remember thinking, um, like I've never heard someone be so secure because you weren't, there was like, it's a reflection of like the fact that you're not jealous, right? And going back to my mom and her girlfriend when they can look at guys like and I've told this story before but one of my missions when I was working out really hardcore in the gym was I really wanted a booty like I wanted like you know a very like one of those high perched booties and I would work really hard and I would tell you because I would want encouragement and you knew it so you were trying to encourage me and there were times where I would point a woman's butt and I'd say to you like babe what do you think of her butt and we were in it together because you know um, I felt supported in a very weird way of you looking other women's butts anyway so that my was my favorite story in that is when you pointed out the two topless women at the hotel swimming pool making out and i was like yeah my wife is not yeah, and, jealous or insecure and that was actually that i like that story too because the truth is and i used to like same with porn like i really used to think like oh my god if you're in a relationship you shouldn't be looking at porn like i used to actually think that and now you spend hours I'm... looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> who told you <laughs> but you know i don't it's very, that was a massive shift for me in the way of understanding that, you know what, we're all freaking human. And whether it's um, a natural human attraction from one person to another, um, or it's, you know, over time, what's the word that she used? Um, it's a conscious thing. Um, I think depend, like either way, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I think both can be possible. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that there definitely is an element of both. I think that we come hardwired. I don't think it's a surprise that for the most part, people fall into um, some very predictable sexual patterns, which we'll call a heterosexual. Um, but I also think even removing it out of that realm and not making it about that, making it about just like your type, I think your type can be influenced massively depending on what you choose to value. Yeah. Um, all right, next question. I could keep going on with that one. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I was about to say how I watched Terminator 2 fairly so. recently. Really? Without no, me? No, no, well. I mean, oh, my no, God. No, it wasn't. Then it wasn't the fairly recently. The fires of hell are calling for you. <laughs> that would be so crazy if you watched that <laughs> movie without me. Then it wasn't recently. As an adult, how okay. about that? Wow, At that's point, very different, homie. Well, because here's As someone what, edging up on 40, <laughs> it's like, that's a pretty big swath of time. <laughs> recently, what? 22 years ago. <laughs> when I watched it I felt so freaking weird because I used to love Edward Furlong I had such a crush on him and then as an adult I watched it I felt so icky I was like oh god it's so weird like his voice hasn't even broken so um that's so random you said something I think about like aging and growing your 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 type type changes changes. I think that was my point that was so far off but anyway all right next question um this is anonymous all right 
Dear Tom and Lisa, you had mentioned in previous episodes that it is important to make your partner feel like they are your number one. In your opinion, does this mean that it is okay to regularly communicate with other people you are sexually and emotionally attracted to, as long as you maintain or make sure you're doing your best to make your partner feel like they are your number one? What are your views both as the one who communicates regularly with people you're attracted to emotionally and sexually and as a partner of the person who maintains these types of relationships. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Like, look, people are always going to find other people attractive for sure. The use of the word emotionally attracted to freaks me out. And I think that people have to be really careful. Now, I don't know how they define it. Maybe it's just, oh, I think that they're really cool and interesting. But or like they're one of my best friends. Could that be emotionally It could, but I think, attracted? oh, God, now let's really kick off a, a just maelstrom of hate. Um, I think that being best friends with someone of the opposite sex, if you're also sexually attracted to them, is way fucking dangerous. Oh, if you're already sexually attracted to them, yeah. Yep. Um, but I didn't mean to derail you. No, you were, not at all. Uh, I think that that's the... So my point being that you have to be very careful about emotional involvement. Like there's just a sexual attraction is... It is a part of the brain. Like evolution has made sure that you will find people sexually attractive to make sure that you procreate. So that right. like that is a thing. You right. have that engine in your brain that is a thing that is so easily to influence. In fact, if somebody, and I think this is equally true for women, I know that it's true for men. If somebody said, I'm asexual, I'd be like, cool, let me hit you with 500 cc's of testosterone. You won't be asexual for long. So it's like, that is such- Is it that simple? Uh, probably not. Yeah, and it's good that you're checking on I that. Am, but like, if you- it, thank you. If you hit someone with that at one point in their life had a normal libido and it's beginning to slide, right. the first thing they will right. do is give you testosterone right. and your, your sex drive will come raging back. That thank you, that's infinitely more accurate. The other one may be true, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, that is, it, it is a hormonal brain wiring thing. So knowing that you have that, it's like, that's why on a first date, I was like, look, you're always going to find people attractive. It's just a thing. Don't be tense about it. I'm certainly not tense about it. Um, but the emotional thing, that only comes from like involvement. And I think that the way that they keep leaning on my word, which is feel uh, like your yeah. number one, they need to be your number one and they need to actually, they need to actually feel that. Yeah. But they need to be feeling the truth, yeah. not that you're just making them feel. Is it okay if I make them feel <laughs> yeah. like my number one? Yeah. Well, not if they're not actually your number one. Because first of all, why would you want to be in a relationship with somebody who isn't your number one? And if what you're really getting at is that you like um, maybe serial monogamy, you like to move from one partner to the next, or you don't like to be in a monogamous relationship and you want to be sexually active with multiple people, like there's nothing wrong with that. If your partner's on board with that, go for it. But that's one of those things you got to communicate the shit out of. Like, you got to be real fucking careful with that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how they mean the word feel. But the way that it kept getting brought up made me think that they just wanted them to feel that way. And they weren't really their number yeah, one. Yeah, can I? Yeah, because that's exactly how I read this. Is that um, they're with somebody. They probably really do care about them. But they also have other people in their lives that they're attracted to. They have a connection on a level that maybe she doesn't. Or they don't have with their current partner and so they're like but I, I, I'm trying to make them feel like they're my number one and 
I think that they're missing the point, right? The point is, are they your number one? Because that's very, very important to make sure that people hear when we talk. It's like, we don't trick each other. So when I know you're manipulating me to get what you want, I know it's because it's your, what your intentions are. And I see the manipulation because you're very honest about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I never, no, manipulate is such a horrid I know, word. Yes, many I would, people. I never use a technique, which is a little lighter, oh, without telling you I'm using this technique right. and this is exactly where I'm trying to get you. Okay. And I do the same to you. And thousand I, percent. And I say that up front. Which like, is I'm, very helpful. I don't hide the fact that I'm manipulating and using the technique, however you like to say it. Um, nudging me in a positive direction that's healthier for the relationship. What's the word? Nudging you. Yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Like that. Nudge you. But you know you're being nudged. Yes. It's when someone's trying to trick you or mis, um, um, miscommunicate or pull the wool over your eyes or whatever that people start to feel that. And mm. that's probably what's happening here, right? That person's partner is feeling like they're not the number one, even though um, they're desperately trying to make them feel like that. It's and, like in the effort of, like, if I knew that you were trying, I don't know. Well, let me, let me go somewhere even slightly different, which is to say, for your own sake, be in a relationship with somebody who is your number one. Right. They light you on fire. Right. It is such a beautiful place to live. Like today, this morning, I was taking my cold shower and I got out and I was drying off and I thought I heard your footsteps, but I didn't. And I was a little heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to share that moment with you that I had just done my cold shower and I wanted you to be proud of me and like all of that like emotion of, and I thought... This, this is the sign right here. When you think you hear their footsteps, are you like still a little giddy, a little excited? Like we've been together now for almost two decades and I still get excited when I think I hear your footsteps. Mm. Like that doesn't happen by accident. And that's what I want people to understand. We've not lucked into this. Like mm. this is the precise reason that we can do a podcast about relationships because we put the effort and energy into codifying all this stuff to know what we're doing, to make sure that our communication is like at a crazy high level. And... That is such a beautiful place to live. Mm. Like, that's what I want people to understand. Like, the, the brain seems to be, as far as I can tell, because we're social animals, it is absolutely hungry to have this, like, beautiful mindset where you want the other person to win, you want them to feel good. Like, that, having that kind of relationship where you want something so good for that person, that, wanting good things for someone else, feels fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And so being in a position where you're that connected to that person, where you feel like you can let your guard down, that you're vulnerable, that you guys are really connected, you're super authentic, and just like that headspace is like the thing I want for everyone. It's just a super rad feeling. And so yes, you can probably get away with tricking that person at least for some period of time into thinking that they're your number one but you're cheating yourself yeah that's that yeah i literally was thinking the exact same thing it's if you've only got a certain amount of time in your life and you've only got a certain amount of energy to expel every day like focus on expelling that energy on something that's actually truly making you happy and you fulfilled and if this person isn't your number one Jesus, the amount of energy it would, the amount of energy it does take for me to show you who you are my number one, that you're my number one, is already like, it, you know, it takes effort. It takes daily um, activities, daily things that we need to practice and do so that you do feel that. So I can imagine putting that amount of time and effort into something that wasn't authentic or real. So, you know, I, I hope that that answer is somewhat helpful in maybe having them realize that this person isn't their number one. 
or that, or if, that or it they is, really are and that then, they need to switch up their correct, pitch. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, we got our Witcher Rather segment. Wow, we haven't it's done been a this while. in a while. All right, guys, join in with us and yell out your answers as I read along. We've never read these. These are always just off the cuff that um, Well by Michelle sends us. All right. So, would you rather be attracted to your partner off the bat, but that attraction never grows, or not find your partner attractive until years into your relationship, but that attraction has no bounds? Wow. I mean, I think you're better off like in the one where it grows over time. I just don't think that's really real. I don't think you'd stay in a relationship. Unless, Well, yeah. So unless it's like your friends and then over time, because you hear about that, people have been friends for years and then all of a sudden something happens and the spark and now they're together and they attract to each other. Yeah. So in that, in that instance, that's the perfect scenario. I would much rather the second one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, or you could say that someone like me has such a high attraction for you that I don't need it to ever grow anymore. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Sexually, I would say that, um, uh, yes, in some ways, I, I was sexually attracted to you right from the jump. But I will say that for me, and maybe I'm in a minority here, but for me, sex is far more interesting with emotional connection yes and so my emotional connection has grown for you over the years exponentially Mm. so in that sense the sex has gotten infinitely better um so yeah the 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 realities maybe make the would you rather less fun and to be honest i know and to be honest as i've got older it's less about the physical, to be honest. And it's about like, for instance, so I'm just going to reveal something, a little secret, you know, well, I don't know if you know this, but yesterday I was doing a review and I was watching your keynote. Mm-hmm. And so I just spent an hour and you were sitting next to me and babe, clip after clip that I, so basically one of our editors cuts your keynote up and sends me the clips to approve. So I was going through and clip after clip after clip. And some of them hadn't been edited yet, so they were like 10 minutes long. And by the end, I was like, he's so fucking good. And I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm so attracted to him right now. And it was like, I wasn't even looking, I mean, I guess I was looking at you on my computer, but it was crazy how now, as I get older, I'm a lot more attracted to um, your talent um, than I was when I was younger. If If you were like, but ugly and extremely talented, the truth is, I don't know if I would have gone on that first date. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. And, and this may be at risk of derailing, but it's something I find so fascinating. People that don't understand that sexual attraction is part of the game. And I've heard people say, like, why can't they just like me for me? And I'm like, yeah, that's to deny the realities of what nature has given us, which is this whole sexual attraction thing. And you should make an effort because it's a recognition of the realities of human sexuality. And so people that don't make an effort that want somebody to just like get to know them without any draw to get to know them, like that doesn't make sense to me. Like that's just, yeah, it's patently absurd. So it's like recognizing how human sexuality works and then playing to that. I get that you don't want to be in a relationship or sleep with somebody that doesn't care about who you are. I'm totally fine with that. But understanding that the way that you draw them in close enough to actually get to know you is through sexual attraction. Right, right. That's a very great way of putting it. What is up, Impactivists? Hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and then we'll get right back to it. Remember, our sponsors are all hand chosen. We love these guys and think that they have something incredibly valuable to offer. So be sure to give a listen. A lot of these guys are doing special offers just for you. 
What is up, Impactivist? Let me tell you something, I do not drink often, but when I do, I always drink with my wife. There is something so amazing about the emotional bubble that you can get into with a nice drink, and so that's why we're so excited to bring you guys Wink, which is spelled W-I-N-C, and Wink is a service that lets you easily discover great wines that match your taste. So if you want to create that magical vibe like we do, might we suggest Wink? Yeah, and what I love about it is it actually caters to you and your taste. So you can actually go over to their website, you take a quiz, um, you answer simple questions like how do you take your coffee and do you like citrus and things like that. And it curates wine straight to your door, starting at $13 a bottle, especially for you and your taste buds. And the more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections will get. It's kind of like Netflix, they've got an algorithm that's going to determine what kind of wines you like best. So now you can Netflix chill and drink your wine. Nice. And you guys know how much I love efficiency. And Wink just makes it so much easier to find a good wine that you're actually going to like. And then also you get with your shipment a free Wink journal, which has recipes to pair with your wine and information to educate you about the wines you get. So you and your partner can become wine connoisseurs, if you will, in no time at all. All right. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com slash relationship theory. You'll get $20 off your first shipment, and that's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com slash relationship theory for $20 off. So trywink.com slash relationship theory right now. Go do it. What is up, Impactivists? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I want to take this moment to tell you about what is probably my favorite show to do, and that is my Tom Bilyeu Ask Me Anything show, also known as AMA. This is where I get to serve you guys. I'm answering your questions, anything you want to know about any topic. We go into it. I cover mindset, business, entrepreneurship, neuroscience, relationships, a whole lot more. It is quite literally whatever you guys want to talk about, whatever you ask, we're going to go into it. I really pour myself into this show. I give it my everything, man. If I've ever added value to you guys, I want you to check out the show. Let me know what you think. You can check out an episode today and see what all the fuss is about. All right, I promise it will be worth your time. All right, guys, enjoy and be legendary. All right, next, would you rather? Would you rather have your partner only attracted to you physically or only attracted to your personality? Uh, that's horrible, oh, but easy to answer. Personality. A, a thousand percent. Yeah, my looks will change over looks time. Looks fade, baby, looks fade. Yeah, they do. And they droop. Looks droop? Yeah, you know, like no, everything No, I know exactly gravity. what I mean. It's just quite <laughs> just funny like to think about. <laughs> would you rather find everyone you meet attractive or no one you meet attractive? Everyone. Oh, yeah. Because then at Seems least it's, it's in my control of... Being yeah, able. not ever finding anyone attractive, that would suck. That would suck. Yeah. There it is. All right. Back to the questions. Word. Thank you, well by Michelle, for those would you rather's. Indeed. All right, next question. This is from Merrick Vidakovic. Hey, guys. I'm sure I butchered that. It was perfect. That. Yeah, it was perfect. It. Yeah. Hey, guys. Do you feel we attract ourselves? Do you feel we attract ourselves? Over 16 years, I've dated well over 100 women and I've seen a bit of a cycle in the women I have attracted. What's the process in changing the women I attract and my next relationship being a relationship that is fulfilling? It's interesting. I think it's probably more like you're a puzzle piece. And so if you've got a certain kind of 
attitude, personality, need, want, wound, whatever, you're going to attract people that for whatever reason respond to that. Um, I think people are more likely to respond to something they were set up to respond to in their youth than they are responding to seeing themselves. Though they're probably, and this person may fall into this category, there's definitely a certain type of person that's narcissistic enough that they want to see themselves reflected back. Mm. Um, But I would say that's probably more of a minority than people who they're set up to find something attractive um, and then they find themselves drawn to that. So for instance, you had a very ambitious father. I don't think it's a mistake that you ended up with a very ambitious husband. So there are for sure, and that's why abusive relationships, people that are in dysfunctional families end up having dysfunctional marriages unless they address that issue. Um, They're just like, it's a comfortable zone for them. It's something that they understand. There may be some element, I haven't thought through this enough, but this seems directionally correct. There's probably some element of wanting to um, find themselves in that situation again so they can resolve it or fix it or win in a way that they feel like they lost as a kid. I could definitely see that playing out over and over. Um, Things like the impossible to please father, people then find themselves with an impossible to please um, significant other. It's you know, things like that. I, I get the human propensity to want to step into something that is both familiar and that gives them an opportunity to solve it. Mm. But they don't have the, the um, tools, the emotional tools to actually solve it. So they just end up in a cycle of trigger and response. Dating is also kind of like, you've, you've used this analogy for, I think, um, like a career following my passion. So you, when I was thinking about dating, it's like, well, let's say you have, you go, you're doing sports and it's like, okay, well, what sport it resonates with you the most? And then you play that sport and it's like, okay, what position resonates with you the most? And maybe you try different sports, maybe try different positions on the team until you find the one that you're like, yeah, this is the one that like I love and I really want to go all out in. It's kind of like that, like dating is a testing ground in essence. And I thought I wanted a type of guy. I thought you initially were that type of guy. On our first date, you completely demolished all expectations and showed me, wow, this is actually the type of guy that I'm more interested in than I thought you were. Um, I was, you know, I went after the rude boy, the guy that had the cool car. um, And I met you and I thought, oh, he's cool. And then you asked me on a date and you walked me to your big ass Buick, um, an old man's car. But you held the door open for me. And so here I am thinking I'm about to date a guy that's super cool in regards to materialistic things. Never even dawned on me that I'd never met a guy that was chivalrous ever because I'd never had it in my life. And so first day, very first, you know, five, ten minutes of that day, you completely demolished everything that I had thought I wanted or was looking for or found attractive. So saw your car, thought... Well, okay, didn't expect that. This and then, short-lived. Yeah, and then, but then you opened the door and I was like, wow, like he's such a gentleman. And I never saw that coming. And anyway, so that's why it's like, I do think dating needs to be some form of experimental, see what resonates with you, see what doesn't. But for me, it's like then kind of put them in like categories or do ticks, you know, like mentally of like, okay, I actually really like this type of personality trait in somebody. So I'm going to look for this again in my next, you know, person that I date because they didn't have this part, which isn't interesting. Mm. But, um, yeah. Well, so do you want to see how many people we can piss off really fast? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) So there's an awesome quote because you've given that example of me holding the door open a thousand times and it does 
make me really think about what resonated with you there. But when I think about who you were primed to like, what you valued and all that. Um, the Greeks do not open doors. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking away from okay. that. But let me finish the thought and let's see if you agree. So there's an awesome quote. I think it's by Mark Twain. Everything is about sex, except sex. That's about power, which I've always found yeah, I've utterly that, fascinating. And um, I don't think I would have had a shot with you if I wasn't your teacher. Because that set me up in the ah. most powerful light ever. So when you saw the car, it wasn't like, or the fact that I showed up for our first day in just a t-shirt. I took you, you to a your shit work, restaurant. You in your work clothes. All of that. Restaurant? But, you can't even really call it a restaurant. Yeah, like <laughs> dive Chinese restaurant in a strip mall. Yeah, with a uh, B with rating. holes in the seat and a B health rating. This yeah. is all true. For the record, that was my favorite restaurant, but it speaks to my poverty at the point. But the like when I really think about what set me up for success, not wanting to bullshit people, like that was part because I did not have up to a year before I met you, I had no game whatsoever. I was mm. not good with women in the slightest. And learning to be confident in all of that was a huge part of how I was able to um, begin to have game. But I don't think it's an accident that the most recent two women that I dated had seen me teach. So ah. like one was like a coworker, but still she was seeing me at my very best. And then you were my student again, not only seeing me at my best, but you were seeing me in a position of like, as a teacher, you have elevated status. So, and for anybody listening, and this is your first time, it was a school for adults. I do feel compelled to mention that, but I, it, it is really interesting to me that there was a power dynamic at play in our relationship. What do you think that is? Cause you're, the funny thing is, I mean, we've been together 19 years. Um, almost yeah. not quite 18 yeah. and a half. Um, literally, it's never dawned on me. Really? Yeah. Every time you tell that story, I think, is she just glossing over the part about no, never, maybe her teacher? it never dawned about what? the power thing. Wow. It never dawned on me. Wow. I've thought about that every single time I've talked about how we met and thinking. Every time you tell the car story, I think, God, thank God she saw me. Like, that I was her teacher and that yeah. she thought I was cool and that she saw my film and she thought my film was cool. Like... All, without that, no way do I get to the point where I'm telling you all that stuff at the dinner table yeah. and it's really, you know, getting under that's your skin. That's so true. And that's why everyone was like, he's not the typical guy that you date because you met me in this really weird circumstance where I was already in this hmm. elevated position. That's interesting. So what do you think it is about power that... Uh, this, is why, this is why you're just begging for well, um, hate mail on this, but... Um, Look, I think the big thing for me and you and this podcast and everything we do in the way that we communicate with each other is like we're not saying it's right or wrong. We're not saying like it should or shouldn't be. We're just saying like sometimes it's the reality. And to not address the reality, I think, just holds you back in life. And so for me, even with this, like, yes, people may not like what we are saying, but the, I believe it is somewhat true. And so if, I don't think there's any somewhat I know, about I think this I'm one. just trying to be sweet. And yeah, I mean, look, and I get it. Like, I'm always open to having my mind changed. But here's the reality of what I have lived. That there, there is a power dynamic that creates sexual tension in a good way. And that, at least in what I'll say is a relatively traditional 
um, role for us. You had a powerful father growing up, so you're like already primed to find that attractive. Um, I was in a position of power, which allowed you, even though I was young and um, not financially well off, because I was in that position mm. of quote unquote power, it was, and I was teaching you something that you valued and you thought I was good at it. So it you was like- You were also confident. And I wonder if that's yeah, why, because confidence does somewhat kind of overlap with power, right? Sure. And so I think women, I'm gonna speak for women, not for men, but women are attracted to confidence. So that's actually interesting. Yeah, the confidence and the power thing. Sorry, keep going. I'm like yeah, piecing I mean, look, this stuff together there's, right there's now. There's a reason, at Which least means? in modern society, that there's a reason that the, the adage goes, women are attracted to status or they're drawn to status, access to resources is the way you'll hear about it written in literature. So men are attracted to, the reason that men find a 22-year-old attractive forever is because that's the most likely to be um, fertile. And certainly at a deep um, evolutionary level, being attracted to that which is most fertile makes the most sense because you're more likely to have offspring. Mm. Um, so it's actually easier for me to explain that than to explain why I personally find it so important to have an emotional connection. So there's clearly something there, at least if it's not the majority, though, I think that it probably is on a long enough timeline. Like there's something about human connection and all that feeling safe that seems equally important to the sexual attraction. But on just sort of a, I don't know you. And so either I am or am not attracted to you is definitely going to start from, do you give off signs of fertility? And if yes, then I'm attracted to you. And it's pretty fascinating to see that broken down, like what those cues are. Um, pretty much things that we consider universal signs of beauty. Symmetry of the face, um, lushness of the hair, like uh, clarity of the skin, like it goes on and on. Things that nobody would be like, no, I like really bad acne, or no, <laughs> I like it when they're like going patchy and bald. Like it's just, no one's gonna be like, oh yeah. Or I like it when their eyes are asymmetrical. It's stuff that's like pretty hard to refute. Those I don't are the- know, like I'm gonna push back a little on this because I hate my you nose. Like a bald man. No, because I used to hate my nose, mm -hmm. and so as an average, yep. my nose is way bigger. Correct. From average. And go ahead and say the really hard thing. What's our thing? And as a traditional sign of beauty, it is less attractive. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's but what I was you're not saying that's not true. Right. You're but... just going to get to the punchline. <laughs> Do you want to tell my story? No, but I want to say that this isn't refuting. Like this is feeding in. Right. So, but. So if my nose is way bigger than the normal average that is considered typically beautiful, when I said to you, for instance, and I've in the past wanted to get a nose job, you said, don't you dare because it makes you you. So you had, let's say, an opportunity to encourage me to get what society considers a perfect nose. Now look, from a, now I'm very different. There's no way I'm going to touch my nose. But, but back then, that was your response. Yes. So? And? Well, it's not traditionally beautiful. Correct. So? You tell me. So my thing is that, of course, like, especially as I get to know you, then it's going to become part of you. But there's also an element of it does make you more unique. And as I value that, so this feeds into what you value correlates to what you find attractive. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's no question that... One, it, I don't think it shows a lack of fertility. Um, but two, it's like when you were young, all of the things you had going for you in terms of traditional signs of beauty, clear skin, great hair, 
firm body, like all of that stuff, hip to weight, uh, hip to waist ratio, like all of those things definitely played into your advantage. Now, the fact that I as an individual happened to value uniqueness, uniqueness of appearance, that as I got to know you, it became a part of you and I like really fell in love with you and everything about it, which speaks to my whole thing about as a person changes, you can find ways to connect to it. And because your nose is one of your most unique features, which is funny now because I, I can't even see it anymore, hmm. but... Back then, it was like one of the things that gave me an anchor point to really fall in love with, to touch it, to make it mine, to make it part of like you and what I associated with you. And so it was very easy to take it from something that was really quite neutral to something that like, oh, it's so unique and oh, it's something I associate with her and oh, it was like this trauma for her as a kid, but oh, I love it. You know what I mean? Mm. So I invested in that emotion. You actually used to kiss my nose. You don't really anymore. Come to think of it. And I think part of that was because in the beginning, you needed that and subconsciously because I wouldn't have been able to really identify. No, no, that's actually not true. I was very aware of what I was doing. So you needed that. You needed to know that I loved it, that I was okay with it, um, that I invested in really making that a point of attraction for me. And so then over time, it really... And this is the thing I want people to understand about repetition is in the beginning, it becomes something that you're doing. Like I was doing it to make sure you knew that I was into it. I was into all of you, every bit, the good, the bad, the everything in between. And you can say the ugly. Uh, that wouldn't be accurate. So I wouldn't say that. But And it wasn't the word that was in my mind. Oh. But um, as I did that over and over and over and invested in it, it became real. And it really just then was something yeah. that I was attracted to. It really was this unique thing that you had that I wanted. And then it was like, yeah, it became part of the gestalt of you, this imprint on me of things that I find attractive. Mm. And so the irony would be that God forbid something ever happened to you, I would definitely find myself more drawn now to a woman with a larger nose. Because it has become mm. so associated in my mind with like deep love and commitment, like all the things that I really value. Yeah. And now it's just because I invested in that over and over and over, it's like my brain goes, oh, okay, that's a real thing. And so it just literally becomes hardwired and, and is sort of the perfect example mm. of what I was talking about earlier with what you choose to value becomes real with enough repetition. I love that. Um, as you were talking, there was one more thing actually that was kind of all fitting into place um, about the power thing. And because I was like, you're so right. It never hit me like that. that I really want to think about it. And as you were talking, I started to realize I consider myself a very strong and opinionated woman. And I think most women that I know, because I hang around with a lot of like alpha women, women that are very strong, confident. And every single one of the people I have spoken to, so I don't want people to get annoyed, This I um, don't want to put out you know, a blanket generic statement, but the people I have spoken to, all strong women that I have ever known all say they want a strong man. They want a man that's powerful because they don't want a guy that can buckle. So, you know, let's say I'm pushing and I've, I'm feeling very opinionated. I don't want to be with somebody that's just always going to say, okay. Right. I want someone that has that strength and backbone to push back when they think or when they disagree with me. And almost every, in fact, every woman I've ever spoken to that's extremely confident says the same thing. They do not want to be with somebody that they can walk over. And so I think that that's probably also part of the power thing is that like as for me, looking for somebody that doesn't you know, kind of just do what I want and say what I want. I, that would be a miserable relationship for me. Mm. I think that that's, I won't go so far as to say universal, but 
that is probably more infinitely more common than the reverse. So I'll speak for confident men as well. It's way attractive to have somebody who owns themselves that doesn't just do what you say so that you really can be a, a shared mind in some mm -hmm. way that where you're strong, I'm weak and where you're weak, I'm strong. Like that, that give and take feels good. And it feels like I've outsourced some of my cognitive responsibilities because it's like, oh, thank God she'll know what to do in this moment. Now, admittedly, in the beginning of our relationship, I had insecurities around that. But as I've gotten over that, like that has become really powerful to know that, oh, I suck at this, but she's amazing. And so I can go like present this, hey, what do you think? Because I'm actually not sure what to do. Yeah. Um, that's really, really powerful. So I think that that's not just a women find that attractive. That's definitely men, certainly secure men find that attractive. And even if they don't on the surface, because in the beginning I would have said, I'd love it if she just always thought I was brilliant. That would be amazing. Um, but in reality, that's not. It's actually a pretty oh, insecure place to live. I was about to say, would you want always uh, want me on to paper? I would have said, like, if you had said, here are the two scenarios paper, in front of yeah. you. I would have said definitively, I want her to always think I'm brilliant. And then in the practice of that, I think that that I would find myself wandering to find somebody that could challenge me, mm -hmm. to find somebody mm -hmm. that had good ideas. But I wouldn't have known to seek that out. Yeah, that's interesting. And really, I think, kind of as we're diving deeper, it really is about being challenged versus power over someone, right? Or the power someone has. Um, because I think that there are many dynamics where the woman is a, um, a work, you know, goes to work, and the father, you see that more and more where fathers are staying home. So it's not, I don't, really, yeah, I think the word power is something that, for, as we've been talking, it's really about the challenge that you give each other on an emotional level. Because um, even thinking to, because if you were always, if I was always impressed by everything you did, you wouldn't have felt like what you did this morning, where you're like, you'd thought you had my footsteps and you wanted to tell me that you had done five minutes in the cold water or 10 minutes, whatever you did. I was going to say, don't, don't cheat your man here. How I long did, did you do? I did seven straight and then two posts, okay. so nine. That's, that's very impressive. But imagine you tell me and I'm like, yeah, because I'm always impressed. There's no... Well, always impress is different than growing over time to just be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm saying true. I'd always want you impressed. That's true. But, but um, no. just to double down on power, I think that there actually is, and I don't know why, and I've never thought about this, but there is something intrinsically hot about someone who's really good at something, especially if it's something that you're not really good at. Like, you're so good at drawing, and I so value drawing, and I so wish that I was good at it, and I'm really fucking terrible. When I see you draw, I'm like, that shit is hot. And that's why I said, even before I met you, I said, my future wife will either be able to draw or sing. Because those are two things that I really esteem and am really bad at. And here's, now we're really going down a rabbit hole, is actually one thing that I struggle with a little because I really want you to be impressed. And when I first started drawing, when I you know, put the pencil down for over 10 years and I started drawing recently, you, um, when I first picked it up, you were like over the top. And now... I think it's like, because I do it all the time, it's a little like, okay, yeah, it's great. And you're always very sweet. Hang on, but let me finish. Um, but here's the thing. We value different things when it comes to art. Yeah. So for instance, you're like, why don't you get a computer? You can blow it up. You can do so for you now, I'm almost like at my top. I feel like I'm at my top of impressing you because now I won't transition over to computer. Yeah, you're damaging our marriage. <laughs> Just to understate it. But anyway, so for me, it is... What I love is the art itself. I love the pencil. I love the paper. Um, so 
But my point is, I don't want to like digress. My point is, is that I obviously very much want to impress you. I love impressing you. I love seeing that like glare in your eye where you're like super like excited and impressed by something I've done. And sometimes I know I'm going against that. So with my art, I know now that when I started drawing, there's that little part of you that's like, she's not on the fucking computer. And I, but I know you want to say something, but just let me finish. Um, and, but that's important for me to see and still then make a decision that's right for me. Because if I'm just always working to have you impressed, I would have gone over a computer. Now you would have sucked out the joy of the art for me. And now I would have now gone probably another 10 years without drawing. But I just like, yes, I love seeing you impressed. Yes, I love seeing your reaction when I've drawn. But I, I have accepted that um, if I wanted to get the the response I'm looking for, I'm go- I need to go over to a computer and I'm, I'm not willing to do that. And so I have accepted that I will get a certain amount of response from you and that will be that. But because I get so much joy from drawing, I won't change. So that isn't true. And I'm, I'm very sick because I haven't even thought about the digital thing in a while. Um, I'm... I totally get it. And so this is a very good point for me to hear that my enthusiasm has lessened over time because now I can take it for granted again, which is bad. Shame on me. Um, I need to stop taking it for granted right. because I, I, but I really, really love your drawing. And if I thought part of why I went so ham in the beginning was I didn't want you to stop again. Yeah. So I was like, I really want her to know how into this I am. And I love that she's picking up a pencil again and drawing like that's so rad. Um, so yeah, I do want to encourage that. So I'm sad that I've lessened my external enthusiasm for that sad bit of human nature that we do start to take things yeah. for granted pretty quickly. Um, but no, I love it. I, I do wish you would draw digitally because it can be blown up so much bigger. Yeah. Um, but that's it. It's just I love your art so much. I want to like really blow it off to a fuck off big size so that we can hang it up on walls and stuff. But hmm. but I guess the the point of why I really want to like mention this and is that I think people find themselves in a situation where um, one, like they want to impress the other person, but it actually goes against what they actually want to do. And so sometimes I think going too much in one way by always giving over to what the other person wants can be dangerous. So for me, I very much analyzed how much I love drawing and realized, you know what, even though I love hearing you praise my drawing, I love drawing more than I do hearing you praise it. Yep. And so I had to do what was right for me. And thousand percent. Very smart. And I think that people can get around. trapped into always doing something for the other person because they love the praise. Very smart. Powerful point. Boom. Powerful enough to end on. Mind there it is. There it All is. Right. If you're not already following Mr. Billu over here, follow him at Tom Billu. Um, we have somewhat um, reinvigorated your social. I don't know wow. what word it is, but like I have stepped in and um, we are showing more of like the, the you. Yeah, the you've made my social far more personal, um, which is amazing. I think was very good guidance. Thank you. But it's, it's great. You really get to see the real Tom behind the scenes. Check out his Instagram, his IG story. Check out his Facebook, but I've got to say his Instagram stories are pretty freaking cool. Word. Um, and if you're not following me, guys, at say. Lisa Billu, that's B-I-L-Y-E-U. 
Um, the OG on, deeply personal bill you. The OG, yes. yeah. I am definitely, on, I'm pretty much only on Instagram. Check me out there. Um, you do see Mr. Bilyeu take making some appearances as well. Um, and then also, if you just want some cool ass femen, uh, female empowerment stuff, go over to at Women of Impact. I've got a lot of responses from guys, babe. Rightly so. A lot of responses. The episode we just released, I there was a guy who literally commented and was like, I need to rewatch this. I want to show my daughters. Like, your message is amazing. Yeah. If you have daughters, that's a for Shwayze. But I'll even say, even if you don't, if you have yes. any interest in connecting with women, it is a phenomenal show. Yeah. Thank and, you. like, you just have really powerful, insightful people. It doesn't even... Like, it's called Women of Impact, but it's really people doing rad shit that happen to have a uterus. <laughs> Like, that's the Can reality. we put that on our YouTube banner? I think that's really it, right? <laughs> that's the tagline. Badass women who have, or badass people who have a uterus. Tagline. Yes. Love who it, babe. happen to have a uterus. Who happen yeah. to. Amazing. Word. Guys, Word. thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Yeah. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.